0: We are Dav Gimu. So we learned a case where two people came in. Both of them were holding on to a talus. Each one claims the entire talus as their own, and so we ruled that Yachleiku they have to divide it with a shvua. They divide it with a shvua, and we concluded so far. What's the purpose of this vow? So Rabbi Yechonah said, it's merely a takana of the chachanim. We don't want kol talish We don't want people going around and grabbing other people's talish and thinking that, the guy found it anyway. What's a big deal? Well, let's divide. Don't be so greedy. So it's more as a deterrent. That's what we learned so far. Now the Gemara is going to bring this possibility that Shru is actually a Shavuah from the Torah from a whole different perspective. As we'll soon see. But first, we're trying to work out who the author of our Mishnah is. So we go through it, we went through a number of cases, and we thought that the one the, the lone opinion in each case could not be the author of our Mishnah, and we worked out somehow that it is. But we will continue now. So we are up to the Gemara about about eight lines at the top of the page. Lema, the last word of the line is Lama. Lama, let us say, in our Mishnah is the Rab It does not follow Yaisi. What's the story, Rabbi Yesi? So we already learned, Rabbi Yesi says that what happened was that two people gave, let's say Reuben and Shimon gave Levi uh, um, money to mine for them. One of them gave Levi $100, and one of them gave Levi $200. Levi doesn't remember which one gave him the third hundred, the extra $100, and each one claimed that they gave him the $200. So the hachamim say, what should you do in this case? So the rabbi say, each one takes back the hundred they gave. And the hundred, that's a dispute. We don't know who it, what to do with it. So we park it away and we say, leave it until Yo comes. Abiyazi says, if so, what is going to put pressure on the liar to come forward and to confess? So therefore, Abiyazi said, what we do is the entire lot of $300 we put aside until Mashiach comes. So the our mission that says we divide it with the sure, shuod does not agree with Rabbi Yesi. That's what we're saying. Lame, let us say, like Our mission is not conformed with Rabbi he says he came. If you're going to divide it in half, what is the? I you mean, know, if you're going to give it back the money, what did Rami lose? You take the entire amount and you put it away. So, according to Rabbi in our mission, the talus, you take the entire talus, you put it aside, set it aside, until Mishir comes. until the Lord comes. Sigmara says back, if our Mishnah does not follow Rabbi Yehissi, then it must be that our Mishnah follows the Rabbanan, But it doesn't, because the Rabbanan say, the money that definitely belongs to the different people you give it back to, but the outstanding hundred dollars, the money that's in dispute, you set aside. In our case, in the Mishnah, the entire talus is in dispute. So even the Rabbis would agree that we should set it aside. Yet our Mishnah says you divide it equally and you with a Shavuot. So therefore... Like the Gemara says, must be that our mission is totally unrelated to their case. You want to say it's rabban? Let me ask you. You said anything that's in dispute, you put aside. Then the, the entire Talos is in dispute. So we should put the Talos away. This fake is a suffix. says, what are you talking about? How can you compare the rabbanan's uh, case there to our case here? The Rabbanan makes perfect sense that in the dispute over there the hundred dollars we put aside, and you know why? Because definitely it belongs only to one person. Doesn't one of them is a liar, so we don't know who to give it to. So put it whatever we say will be wrong. If we divide it, you know we're definitely fifty percent wrong because it only belongs to one of them. And we're giving it to both. However, in our mishnah, if we divide it, there's a possibility that it's correct because it could be they both picked it up simultaneously, and therefore it belongs to both. So Haima, what do you? the hundred dollars, outstanding dollars definitely belong. Only to one person. What should we do? We can't say call the alung whoever whoever stronger will win because they're because this person who's mining the money for them is as if they're holding on to it. He's mining it for both. So what do we do? But we cannot divide it because then definitely we're doing the wrong in injustice. Because 50% definitely does not belong to one of those people. So therefore we have no choice but to leave it for Elio here if we pass and divide it with the sure it's possible that this is the right outcome equal maybe we could say that it belongs to both amir abanam probably be sure divided with the sure the problem is rabbi aci rabbi ac says over there the entire 300 we set aside even though definitely 100 belongs to Ruben and 100 belongs to shimon yet Rabbi says i don't care if it definitely belongs to them we got to set it aside so surely in our in our mission when well, we don't know definitely it belongs to both could be it only belongs to one Surely the BHC would say, "Look, one of them might be lying. Let's put it away." That's our question. Our Mishnah cannot work out according to BHC. The BHC has to now. My house and there, nobody can bundle them. My grandmother, definitely, there's a hundred dollars to one person, hundred to another person. All my BHC words of BHC say, "Yehei munach at sheyov Set it aside. How come here the equal amendment possible? The Chadna is possible possibly doing an injustice there. You know, it could be the towel belongs to one person. Surely, like Kolshkin, that you should—surely, we should put it aside. We mutter, "We'll say that our Mishnah can follow Rabbi yasi and Rabbi Yassi's case is different than our Mishnah." And why is that? We'll try to give two answers. The Murder concludes with only one of them is correct, and that is very simple. Over there, definitely, there's a liar involved. So Yosi said, "Look, we gotta somehow or another. Uh, we cannot touch the money. He's definitely a liar. We might do an injustice. Put the whole lot away." Over here. There's no, there's, it's, it's, we don't have to conclude that one of them is a liar. It's quite possible that even though each one thinks they picked it up first, it's quite possible in reality, they picked it up together. And therefore, it's possible that it belongs to both. So, there's, so therefore, I basically would agree, okay, you know what? The best outcome here is to divide it. Okay, there's a risk that maybe we're doing the wrong thing, but at least there's, there's also a risk we're doing the right thing. Otherwise, you put it in the nobody wins. I thought him Rabbi Yehesi. Hashem, the Bad is definitely a liar. Therefore, we set it aside. Here, me who said is a liar, Ema. We can say Tabai Batei They both picked it up simultaneously. That's one answer. The model tried give another answer, and then the model rejected. In Amiur, simple. What's the purpose of Rabbi why is he setting aside the tire a lot? He wants to penalize the liar that he should come forward and confess because now he lost his $100. So maybe he'll confess that, oh, he made a mistake, that you know, all he has is $100. Here, if we, if we take the towel set it aside, the person who's lying loses nothing because he found it. And, and, and the other guy found it. And, he, and what happened? He won't give me anything. So what? What's the big deal? I have no money invested in this. So therefore, there's no point in setting the whole thing aside in order, it's 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 in order to put pressure on the liar to come forward and confess. How might say the easily? what's the point of penalizing anybody? What loss is there to the liar? The the that he what why would that prompt him to come forward and confess? What does he care if nobody gets a towels? It wasn't his towels in the first place. Says he out of that answers we reject out of hand because you remember we learned that our mission is talking about two separate cases. One case is talking about you found something, and the other case is talking about you bought something. Mecca chememcha. So therefore we say, it makes sense if you found something, okay, there's no money invested in there, therefore, therefore in Amishnah, no, there's no point for Rabbi Yassi to penalize the liar. But Mecca Chememcha, where each one gave uh, part of the money, there is um, some somebody loss. Because... Uh, uh, there's a loss. If you're going to say we're going to put the whole thing aside, the, the guy spent money. The fact is, that, remember yesterday, they both gave money, one voluntarily, one gave it to the vendor voluntarily because the vendor wanted the other one threw it at the vendor. You just can't remember who it was. Um, the way it is like my It wouldn't make sense to penalize the liar because he's losing. he has money invested. That's clear. We go back to the first answer, which is nothing to do with uh, penalizing, it has to do simply that it could be the psaq here is real, that the boat's the both of them. So now the says an a side issue, we're digressing from the digression. Um, we're, we're digressing. Ben will say with the money that's in dispute we set aside till Elia comes. So we have an interesting case. There's an owner, he, there's, a, there's a personal employer that has two workers, Come the end of the week, he has to pay them salaries. So he goes to a storekeeper. He said, look, I'm going to send you my employees. I owe each one $100. I want you to give them $100 worth of food and put it on my credit, on my bill. He turns to the employees. The, the, the employer says to the employees, okay, I have to pay you. Go to the store. Uh, I don't have any cash for me. Go to the store. He'll give you $100 worth of food. And then on Sunday, the, the storekeeper says to the, to the employer, well, I distributed the food as you, as you requested. me the employees come to the employer and says we never received any payment pay us so what's the din we don't know who's telling the truth so the din is they both swear and each one collects their the storekeeper collects his money and the employees collect the money now you the the money is there's a hundred dollars in dispute here and according to rabbi and the rabban the money in dispute we don't know who's telling the truth we set it aside fairly oh so how come we don't do the same thing why is it that they both collect, and the, and the employer and now loses out? He pays double. Says the Gemara. Ben the Rabbanu Rabbi explained to me the following mr I have a the storekeeper with his credit. The company said each one because the swears and they collect. Maishna, why is it that we don't say nafkel of the money We don't say let the balabai pay. We have why, no, why do we say take the money from the Balabais, the hundred dollars he owes, and put it aside till the share comes? Because it's money's in dispute. The Habivada Economic, definitely one of them is lying. I'm gonna be answer what are you talking about? Awesome. i will explain to you the difference between Rabbi bonus case and the case of the storekeeper. And that is as follows. Here and each one has there's no relationship between the storekeepers and the employees, they're both related to the same employer. So the storekeeper turns to the employer and he says, "You asked me to get, distribute food. I did. You owe me the money." These employees want to swear. I don't know who they are. I don't trust them. I know they're lying. Why should I have to trust? I never trusted them before. I don't trust their vow. I don't care standing in the bed. I don't believe them. I know it's not true. The employee said to the employer, "We have nothing to do with the storekeeper. You decided to send us a storekeeper. He never gave us the food, and therefore our business is with you, you owe us the money." Which is very different than the case of the. Of the two people who gave money to a person to mind, where they all have the connection to that one person who gave to mind, And they're disputing who I have $100. So it's like this. You asked me to distribute food, I did. What connection do I have with an employee? I have nothing to do with him. I forgot to go he's prepared to swear. I don't trust him. I never trusted him before. You believe him and how do I know that the lawyer you did not instruct me besadi, I should give it in front of witnesses or I should get some document signed which means you trusted them well it's your problem it's your problem I I cannot do the best for the for the the sender but since you clearly did not ask for any no, no requirements whatsoever that means you implicitly trusted them I carried out your instructions pay me bly pay me, pay me. The an employee also not, i work for you for a week, you owe me money. My I have nothing to do with the storekeeper. I didn't work for him. I don't even know who he is. I forgot the even though he's prepared to swear that he gave it to me. I know he didn't give me. Why I don't trust him. we are both entitled to collect Okay. Now we're learn a story of Abkhia, and the basically is, is as follows. We know, we learned already in Baba Kama and, and Kuzain, and, and we learned in Xulis, the concept of Maida So, if, if let's say, if Ruvain asks Shimon for $100, he says, Shimon, you owe me $100, and Shimon denies it totally, that's called a Kaifer Hackle. The law is that Shimon is exempt. Ruben wants money, he has the proof, the owners of proof, the burden of proof is on Ruvein. Shimon However, if Shimon says, yes, I owe you $50, not $100, but $50, known as a ma'idim, a mix, a partial admission. And the other thing is you got to pay the $50 you admit, plus that triggers a Shavua on the balance. You have to swear that you don't own the balance. You only owe this $50. And there's actually, um, uh, what do you call And And, and there's, a, there's a big ha'kira amongst the achrayim. Is it that the fact that i admitted that triggers the, the admission is what triggers the shavua on the balance the, to, to swear that i don't owe you the balance or is it the fact that now the besom rule that i owe the fifty dollars it's that chiv of moment that triggers the balance but either way that's called Maidimiksa. so the chiddush here is i swear about something that i didn't say anything but because you demanded it from me and I, I, gave, I, added, I gave some credibility to your claim by admitting to part of your claim, therefore I have to swear about the balance. Kamdun Rabhiin says, if that's the case, then surely witnesses, of a similar scenario witnesses, the same thing would apply. Because witnesses are more powerful than, your, than a, a lone person. And what's the story of the witnesses? Reuben says to Shimon, you owe me a hundred dollars, and Shimon denies it totally. Okay, If that would have been the story, Shimon is, is, is exonerated. But then came along two witnesses and said, but Shimon... We know that you borrowed fifty dollars with our own eyes. Does okay, obviously he has to pay the money. Does he now have to swear on the balance? He did not admit to anything, but it was the witnesses that, that makes basically obligated him to pay. Does that obligation to pay trigger that he has to make a Shavua on the balance or not? So Chi is going to make a cabochimer if you yourself admitting to part it causes you to swear in the balance and surely if adam Make you swear in part, surely you cause the balance. And then Abkhya is going to draw an analogy from our very Mishnah. And this is how he looks at the Mishnah's case two people holding on to a talus. Let's sort of divide the case into two. Look at it from one person, from let's say Reuben's perspective, and Shimon, you look at it separately. Reuben is saying to him, You owe me the value of the entire talus. What is Shimon saying? I owe you nothing, because the talus is mine. So I owe you nothing. And then, Shimon says, sorry, and then we say, oh, but Reuben's holding on to it. It's like we are witnesses, the bezin, that Shimon definitely owes something to Reuben because Reuben's holding on to the talus. And what does the mission say? That Reuben gets part of the talus, but he has to, to, swear, that he has to swear, and Shimon has to swear that he doesn't owe any more. Shimon has to swear that the other half of the talus is mine. No, I don't owe it to you. The money that, I, that you're claiming, for from, from me, is actually my money. So it's exactly this case. We're witnesses. There's no admission here, but just witnesses. Because we say whatever they're holding on to is a tantamount to us being witnesses that that's the case. So let's see the more inside. Tani, learn money, but the Adem say, "Oh, 50 50 then you have to pay $50, obviously. The Yishav al-Ashar and the <speaking Spanish> is that triggers that you have to swear about the balance that you don't owe it. Even though the witnesses... Did not say anything at all about their balance, because they don't know, you have to swear. Why? hey, people Because if you if if you would admit it's fifty dollars, you have to swear in the rest. Surely if Adim make you pay the fifty dollars, you have to swear in the rest. But in fact, our Mishnah supports it as well. here, over here. So the Ruben, let's say, is claiming for Shimon the entire money. Shimon completely denies it. But what do we say? Even the toughest, since Reuven is holding on to it, it's as if Shimon is admitting that I owe you something. anan my toughest hide today. Whatever you're holding on to is yours. My toughest hide today. It's as if Shimon is admitted to Reuven whatever you're holding on to. I owe you, but the rest Shimon swears that I don't owe you the rest. So clearly, the adim are only on part of the talus, and that triggers a shvu on the balance. So this is different than we look at the top of the page that the shvu is only to Now we're learning the shvu is a shvu from the Torah, like ma'idi Uttani Yeshua. Okay. So now the Gamara is going to analyze what he meant by Hidoas PeeV, and then you tell me how does Aidian was great. What's Hadoop? My shallaytai don't do the of him? what's the story then, Kaabu Khaimer? Shalait Taimer, what Raph is saying, he shouldn't say, Hidoas Piv who de Ramirachman Swola. If you would have admitted to part of his claim, you would have to swear kidarabah, like Raba said. What did Rabba say? Raba Rabba, said. Why did the Torah say if you make a partial admission, you have to swear? What's he asking, Rabbi? Only Rabbi Shimon, The is one who walks around trying to try understand the purpose of mitzvahs. We just accept the mitzvahs the way they are. What's the Rabbi's question? Rabbi's bothered by a question. Argument rationing showing him what the question is. said The question is very simple. If he would have denied the whole thing, he would be exonerated. So now that he admits the part of it, that is called a migui. Migui means, if I'm a liar, I could have said a better lie. So because I did not say a better lie, then probably what I'm saying now is the truth. If this person was a liar or a if he could have just said, I owe you nothing, and he would have walked away scot-free. So now that he says, yes, I owe you $50 or half the money you're claiming, you should believe him. He has a migui. And and what's the answer, according to And what's the answer is, uh, we, have a, we have this axiom, we have this we accept, we assume people wouldn't have the chutzpah to look at their benefactor's face or someone who knows that they're lying and say it never happened. And therefore, there's no migri anymore. It's, it's a migri to haza. What I said was I owe you $50. You're saying I have a migri. If I'm a liar, I could deny the whole thing. I don't have the chutzpah to lie about the whole thing. It doesn't make me a better person. It doesn't mean I'm saying the truth. I just don't have the chutzpah to lie any worse. That is traces, because the hold that a migri can exonerate you from a shvur. Rashi says, no such thing. A migui cannot exonerate you from a shvur, and many Roshayim agree with Rashi. So what's Gemara's question here? Gemara's question is something totally different. Not to do with migui. but we did learn in Gemara Gittin that if I find an object and I return it to the owner, and the owner said, hey, my wallet had $500 when I lost it, and you're only giving back $300. I swear that you didn't steal the other 200 So even though perhaps Maid and mixed, have had to swear, the Chama inter- intervened and said, no. He doesn't have to swear. You know why? If we're gonna give trouble to people who are trying to be trying to do the right thing, then people walk around saying, why should I get involved? Why should I get back? He'll make a claim against me. What I need it for? What I need the headache for? So Khmer said, if you do a, a virtuous thing, we're not going to allow the the, the the person there, the owner, to charge you with anything. So therefore Rashi says, the Gemara's question is very simple. If he were to say I owe oh, you nothing, you have no recourse. You have no recourse. So if he's it missed the $50, it's just like he's returning a lost object. So he shouldn't have to swear. Now, why is there an argument in the Roshani whether amigui is effective when it comes to eliminating a shvua? It's very simple. Amigui is purely a logical thing. It, 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 it shows credibility that the fact that you, you could have said a better line, you said this, probably saying the truth. What's the role of a vow? What, why do we give people, why do we instruct people to make a vow in certain situations? There's two ways of looking at it. One way of looking at it is, it's a logical thing, that if, if this person is lying, he's not going to swear false. So if he's prepared to swear, he's probably saying the truth. But another way of looking at it is, it's not logical at all. That's the, a, a total law, there's no logic to it, that's a xerah If you learn that the whole role of shvua is to uh, its credibility. But now that you have a migri, the migri supplants the shvur. There's no need to make a shua. We already know that you're saying the truth because you have a migri. And that's Thais' view that a migri can replace or eliminate a shua. Rashi holds that a shua is a, a din in the Torah and there's no logic to it. So even though you have credibility, you have a migri, but that doesn't help, you still have to swear. So what's Rabba's question? Why do you swear by the mixes? His question is simply that you're a mesheva veda. You shouldn't have to pay. So now the Gemara continues. So if really if you had the choice, you would deny the whole thing. It's sleazy. The only reason why he didn't deny it is because he do not have the chutzpah. And what do you mean when we say we don't have the chutzpah? Big Machleik is as well. We had enough kuzayin, the long, long, long places there. Or Rashi and other Roshaynim. That is simply as follows. According to Rashi, the reason why you, have, you don't have the chutzpah to look at the, the lender's uh, lender's eyes, and deny that he ever lent you money is because he did you a favor, he was your benefactor when in the time of need, how do you look him in the eye and deny the whole thing ever happened? That's the chutzpah. So according to the Rashi, if the case would have been a different case, it would have been, let's say, cotton but the other way around, that person is doing you a favor, minding it, now he denies you ever gave it to him, there you do have the chutzpah to deny the whole thing. And if you deny the whole thing, you still have to swear that that's the case. However, Tracer says, nothing to do with being nice, kind, generous. It's I know that you know that I'm lying. And it's, it's very difficult to, to deny or lie to somebody who, that you know knows that you're lying. So according to the of you, so that's why you don't have the chutzpah. It makes no difference whether it's alone and you're generous, or whether it's a peccutten, just mining for me, where, um, you know, we're the um, other way around. Nevertheless, in all cases, I don't have the chutzpah to deny it. So I'm always positive. Then the Gemara continues. Okay, so the high be cooler by the legly. should admit it to the whole thing. What, what's exactly the most question? So let's follow Traces. Taysis learns the question is very simple. If you're telling me that a person doesn't have the chutzpah to lie, so he wouldn't have the chutzpah to lie, to deny the whole thing, he probably doesn't have the chutzpah to deny even half. So why is he denying half? And if he's denying half, then must be telling the truth. Igmar says, no. It's a big difference. Denying the whole thing is a chutzpah. Denying half is not so much a chutzpah it's because you really, you're, you, in your mind, you feel like this. I am already paying in part of the loan. The rest, I don't have the balance of the money. I just don't have it. So I'll deny it, but when I have it, I'll pay it So I, I'm not trying to wiggle my way out of it. I'm just trying to delay. It's a delaying tactic. That's how Tracer learns the Gemara. Rashi learns the Gemara. If we think the guy's a liar when he's missed the 50, no reason why he didn't deny all of way. doesn't have the chutzpah. So what's the point of making him swear? If we suspect him being a ganav, he'll swear false as well. And therefore, the more answer is he's not a ganif. He's just a procrastinator. But if, if to swear false, he won't. Toysi disagreed with the Rashi because he holds that even though somebody's a ganav, people are not going to swear false. And the reason for that is the third commandment, which is don't swear false in Hashem's name, is the whole the entire world trembled, the Marek Shavuos will tell us, because people are very scared to swear false. They took out a safer Torah, they blew Schaefer, they dressed in black. It was very intimidating. And therefore, just because somebody's a Ganev, doesn't make, mean that he'll swear false. Okay, let's see the thing tomorrow. Really, would admit the whole thing. Why didn't he? He's trying to procrastinate. So everything, delay. Omar Ahmad, the Torah therefore says, make him swear, that he should admit to the entire amount. So now, okay, so that's the story of of uh, Peep. And now we make a Kawakima that Hadas him surely if you if they make you pay part of the money, you just swear in the balance. So we're assuming now that ate him is stronger than does Peep. And we're gonna try to say, but Hidaz Peep actually is more powerful than Hadas And how do we see that? Sorry, but but we would have thought that Hadass ate him you did not, you did deny the whole thing so what's the point of making him swear so there so maybe you don't swear at all and what did kabochaim tell us that maybe he's not a ganif and maybe he also is a procrastinator even though generally people don't procrastinate you know don't have the chutzpah to, to deny the whole thing but he did, this guy did and yet we know that he owes money so the only interpretation is, or one of the interpretations is that he's not really a ganif but more that he is um, trying to to delay. Now, what's the kabochaim? My kabochaim is very simple. What's the weakness of piv? If you're making admission, you don't have to pay money. The moral will soon say, what are you talking about? Of course you do. Um, Yet you have to swear on the balance. It will make you pay money. Surely it will make you swear on the balance says to me what we're talking about. If I admit to something, I don't have to pay money. We have a famous rule that a personal admission is equal to 100 witnesses. We use the expression 100 witnesses because in Shas and Satan, in other words, we have tre kameya. We want to show that, that, that witnesses is a din in the Torah, not a logical thing. If it's, if, if it's a logical thing, you would say, well, if you have two witnesses say one thing and 10 say the other, you probably, uh, you know, in probability, you believe the 10 rather than the two. But we no. We say today, kimeya, sort of a form of exaggeration. that two witnesses are equal to a hundred to contradict him. There's no difference between two, three, five, ten, or hundred. So we're saying here that a baldin is equal to hundred witnesses. They can say they can contradict him, but nevertheless, baldin is, is, his admission is accepted. If he says he owes the money, he owes the money. So we see that a mouth is is is, uh, is, is uh, what do you call it? is just as powerful as a what, What's the kavuchem here? Why is it that if a person admits that he, that he owes something, and what does it disagree, why is he believed? So, some, in chapter 34, um, paragraph 4, he wants to say, he brings from the Marival. There's no logic to it. It's a new obligation. It's like a nether. I took an obligation on myself to pay you money. Not because I'm saying that's exactly what I pay you money, because it happened previously. I wouldn't say it never happened. It's a new khiv. And the choice himself holds, no, it's a case of For Receiving the Gemara here, the Gemara is equating witnesses and your pair. It's a case of belief. And the trader told us that we believe you personally about yourself. When you're harming yourself, more than, um, than 100 witnesses. Okay. So anyway, bottom line is that your mouth is no weaker than 80. So what's the Kabochaimah? The Gemara, you know what? There is a Kabochaimah by a penalty. If a person comes forward and says, I'm a Ganif, he has to obviously pay back the principal, but he doesn't pay the penalty. But if witnesses say that he was a god, if he pays the principal and the penalty. So we see that your witnesses are more powerful than your own admission. My mom and Kenas, and the Kavukhev is the father. You don't have to pay penalties, you still have to swear on the on the part that you dis, that you uh, denied. the part you admitted you pay, in the balance you have to swear. Witnesses that make you pay a penalty, you have to swear on the balance. Says he gemot, no, but I can demonstrate to you that peev is stronger than adim in other cases. I mean, and maybe that's why you swear on the balance. Where's that? For example, Maala Piv became a carbon. If I say that I ate fats, trefer fats by mistake, I have to bring a carbon. Taima be when it comes to witnesses, shay as a carbon. When it comes to witnesses, if witnesses say you ate trefe fats by mistake, and I contradict them, I don't have to bring a carbon chatas says, so, Your mouth is, strong, is stronger than witnesses. That doesn't bother me. You know why? Because, the, in fact, that very question is an argument of Rameh and Rameh hold that witnesses also have the capacity, to, even if you deny it, to make you bring a karma hatus. So, therefore, there's no feature or, or there's no aspect that your mouth is more powerful, more believable than witnesses. What's the story there? Uh, they say that the mayor holds that Aden actually can obligate you a carbon, and we have a kalb for that, and that is as follows: the <speaking in Hebrew> two people say you ate trey for fats. he says I did not eat trey for fats. The mayor says, "Gather you your carbon." The carbon." say, "Potter." The "You are Potter for bringing a carbon." ameya said, if two witnesses are believed that like, let's say, for example, you have a Chal Shabbos and you have to get stoned, they don't believe them when they say that you did it and that you ate the answered back, Ma im ha yisi. If he wanted, he could have said, Yes, I ate the of fats, but I did it deliberately. And then you don't bring a carbon, you put it. So what do we see from here? That Rameir holds that witnesses can obligate you to bring a carbon. So there's no aspect of P, of Yipeh, that's strong in the witnesses. Now, very difficult, Rashi here is very difficult to understand. Rashi learns that, that the case was, the witness said, you ate tray for fats, by mistake. And he says, I never ate tray for fats. He's literally contradicting the witnesses. And Rashi says that according to Chamin, he's believed which is a pellet. why is he believed? Says Rashi, because he has a migui. If he was a liar, he could have said, I ate trade for fats, but, I, 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 but, but deliberately. So now that he says, I did not eat at all, we believe him, which is very difficult to understand because the rule is that migui, the credibility that a migui gives is never as strong as two witnesses because every migui is weak, generally. Why is a migui weak? Who said that this person was smart enough to come up with a better, a better argument? okay, mo- most people would have, but not everyone. Maybe this guy wasn't smart enough. So Migli is not that conclusive or that, that cogent, or that compelling. And yet, um, and so what does Rashi mean? So Rashi in, in the Gemara and is a little bit different. There he learns, he's interpreting his words, when I said I meant but Rashi in the Gemara says he actually directly contradicts what this is. The bottom line is that Rabhi is saying that Adem are stronger than Pep further. Um, no, I'll show you another aspect of peh, which is wrong. We learned more about a Kamala. If a person then uh, says, I, you never gave me something to mind for you, you never gave me a peccaten, swore on, on it, and then later comes forward as Maida that he swore false, he has to give back the peccaten, he has to bring a carbon oshum and pay a penalty of a fifth, which is a quarter. And um, But if witnesses said, what are you talking about? We saw the peccaten sitting in your house. Then he, he has to obviously reimburse him, but there's no carbon, there's no haimish. So we see that peh is more is, is stronger than an if You pay a greater penalty. Says the mother. So what's the kavuchayner? Elamala pishu became chayv a asham is mechayv carbon asham. Says the Says back. What are you talking about? Asham hain carbon. Remember, Ramiya said that witnesses can make you bring a carbon. According to Ramiya, if you swore false, you'll also have to bring a carbon asham. So there's no advantage in pash. Said the gemara. Elamala pishu became Oh, but piv makes you pay that penalty, the monetary penalty of quarter. And whoever brings a carbon, that also the Chaimer. So there's actually, according to Rabbeinu, who follows the mayor, there is nothing about Pei that is stricter than Adim. That's why I have a good carbon Chaimer. Ella, Morris says no. I'll show you another aspect where Piv is weaker. If two witnesses come in and contradict what he says. Or if two witnesses say, what are you talking about? You were with us on that day that you claimed that you borrowed money. It doesn't matter. He cannot be contradicted. But by witnesses, if two witnesses say something happened, then two others come along and say, it never happened. Or you were with us, it undermines entire testimony. So who's stronger? Peh is stronger. So what's the call of So maybe Pe is able to trigger that Shavu on the balance that he denies. Not witnesses. What's what saying? right. So we move away from Pe. And we go to Aid Echud. Aid Echad. A single witness comes along and says, You owe hundred dollars to Ruven. the Shimon has to swear that he doesn't owe the money. So we see that an Aid Echad can make you swear. So surely two Aidin who make you pay money, if they say you owe hundred dollars to Reuven and you make you pay, surely they can make you swear on the balance. Can I make you pay money? Yet machaib shu can I get you swear? Aid Shahibra is a mom. Aidin, I make you swear, Aidin, surely. Says Gemara, the obvious question: What are you comparing? In the case of an eid echad, what do you have to swear? Eid echad says, "I support Ruben's claim that you owe hundred dollars to Ruben. So, what are you going to swear about? The hundred dollars that eid echad claimed. But what do we want here? In the case of Adim, all they're talking about is you owe fifty dollars. What we want is not only you should pay fifty, but swear about something the Adim have not spoken about. How do you know that? When we try to learn from Pair, we know it's exactly the same case pay admits the $50, and we make him swear on the other 50 which he didn't admit. So we say the same thing by Aiden. They they make him pay $50, and we make him swear on the balance that they didn't talk about. But if you want to learn from Eid Echad, Echad, all we know is that whatever he claims, you have to deal with. But not what he doesn't claim. So how can you learn from Eid so Echad? You swear on, what, uh, on, what, um, on whatever he claimed. But you want him to swear on what he didn't talk about, what Eid didn't talk about. Papa, also, you know, we learn out from Gilgoshua. A is once I have you swearing, uh, swearing, I can make you like a shamer's watching certain things. He swears, I didn't use it on my own. It's not sitting in my house. These are Gilgoshur. we see more later. But these are Gilgoshua means once you swear already, legally, you're swearing, I can add something else. For example, I'm, 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 you owe me $100, and there's an Eidecha that says you owe me $100. So you have to swear once i make you swear about this hundred dollars, i say hey you know there's another occasion i lent you money and you never paid me i have no no witnesses but now that you're swearing swear that as well so we see that can make you can make you swear about things that he didn't talk about they says one thing and i'm making you swear about something else so same with adim they make you pay a hundred dollars or fifty dollars and now we want you to swear what they didn't talk about same thing so and and adam are stronger than they said what are you talking about Ma, it makes sense, because what did the Eid uh, obligate you to do? To swear. So one Shavua brings in its train another Shavua. The Eidim are not dealing with vows. The Eidim are dealing with money and monetary obligation. They say you owe $50 and you got to pay it. What's triggering that Shavua on the balance? And there's no Shavua in this scenario at all. So how can you learn from Eid Echad? you you get a once you swear one shua, we can drag another shua in the string. Eidim, I only talk about money. So we answer, piv No, Then we go back to piv. Piv, we talk about money, and yet you swear the balance. So let's learn eidim from that. But we have a problem with piv. can about chosha. is stronger than eidim, because piv cannot contradict and that could be contradicted and uh, and yet he makes you swear oh has a weakness it's only you're only swearing on what he spoke about not what he did not speak about he goes we go back and forth what we each one has a feature that one don't have what's in common all of these cases here where there's a denial and there's a bain. whenever there's a claim and uh, sort of a denial, then this is what all these cases are. And in each case you have to swear. So it's the same with Aiden. Aden, where there is a, a claim and there was a denial, therefore you have to swear. So and you have to swear. <clears throat> so we'll stop over here and we'll continue tomorrow in Mitzvah.